Hello, and how are you guys doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good, you know, hanging in there. What about you, Ian? You hanging in there? Yeah, I'm doing good. It's been, it feels like it's been a month since we did the, the we did the podcast. Right. But it's only been like a week. Right. Word. So, so that's kind of, I don't know what that means. I think it's just because I have a, an injury that time is, is, is speeding up for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so two things we're going to talk about, four things, actually, two things for me and Ian, and then Andre has a couple. I don't know if anybody else has already seen, um, Euphoria, but if you haven't, you should, it's not what you think it is. Yeah, that's for sure. Definitely not. Yeah. It is. It's not what, it's not your basic bitch irresponsible dangerous 13 reasons why um it is more a realistic philosophically i believe for people trying to grow up in this crazy world mm-hmm. you know what i mean people who were born like 2000 1990 whatever we're calling that generation um i just feel like this is really powerful and it speaks to people on all kinds of different levels it feels like paul thomas anderson to me it feels like early uh, Nolan. It, it feels like a kind of a glammed up or a modern version of um, Requiem for a Dream mixed with Magnolia. It's got some uh, edges to it that I quite like. Yeah, I thought, I mean, just from the, uh, what was it, the, the, the plug, the commercials that they would have. For other HBO shows, I was like, oh, this is just going to be another... You're not going to be into it. ...teenage thing with the same tropes and, you know, just like, oh, act your age type of thing. Yeah. You know, like like a, like a I would think of like like that Purgatory franchise or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, something like that. But it, it totally wasn't. It was like very um, dealing with issues that are pretty real yeah. in, in a way that it feels like... Fuck, I I have empathy. Yeah, completely. You know? Yeah, I mean, I I also remember seeing uh, previews for it. I actually remember when I was in LA, and we had just finished watching the last episode of Game of Thrones, and we were trying to get to the director's thing that we actually didn't know was not there, and we were like waiting for the commercial to like hurry up. We were like, we don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. So that's my memory of it. But I remember seeing it, and I'm just being like. I think that was my thing. It was like, is this just going to be another 13 Reasons Why type of thing? Like, um, I'm kind of like really tired of just watching TV shows about teenagers like getting drunk and doing drugs and whatnot. Like, uh, I don't want to watch middle-aged people like struggling in their marriage and cheating on each other and yeah. having a hard time leaving. In reality, what happens when you're middle-aged and you want to leave someone, you have a very sobering conversation about money. And then you get the fuck out of whatever domicile you can. I wish it was more like that. <laughs> yeah. I really wish it was more like that's why I like divorce on HBO. It gets a little bit closer, but I like to see a middle class or whatever's passing for the middle class these days, a version of that. And then what I loved about this is even though it has a veneer to it, every shot's a master shot, every medium shot is beautiful, beautifully gaffed. I mean, come on, it's beautiful. But it was like, okay, right on. Now we're talking about real shit. We're talking about bipolar. We're talking about all the different spectrums that 
um, our, our main girl is on. What is uh, Zendaya's character? Rue. Rue, yeah. So I just, I, I just related to Rue and I also had empathy for Rue. But the person I fell in love, the character I fell in love with was, um, is it Fezco? Fez? The, mm-hmm. the drug dealer. I think it's the first thing he's ever done. Oh, yeah. And he's like, man, yeah. I'm looking at you. I've seen a lot of people die, man. You know, I, that scared me, bro. I was like, I love this character because I feel like he's real. Yeah, it's like we all know I'm, somebody like that. I know a guy like yeah. that, and now he's on television. Yeah. I was like, see, this is what gets me out of my seat is when y'all start putting like, if you're going to do something like you think is fresh, put real folks in your shit. You know, so I loved him. He was just like, dude. And then his little brother was like slanging dough. You know, we got to pay that mortgage. And there was a lot of reality to it. And then you have your trans character, your trans girl, who's just, you know, in all kinds of trouble. I want to jump to the screen and like adopt her and get her out of her house with her checked out dad and go, you know, you just, I feel so protective about characters like this. I'm like, ah, there's nobody there for her. Oh my God. At least Rue yeah. has a mom and a sister. I feel like Jules's character is completely just free falling and I just want to catch her. Well, I think it was the, like the, the real rawness of it is what like got me, uh, that I wasn't afraid. And like, you know, it's HBO, so they're not afraid to shy away from stuff like that. Right. But it's it's just very rarely talked about that kind of stuff, uh, much less with involving teenagers and much less doing it well. Right. Um, I think I am I, I am gonna watch the second episode. It's a it's pretty heavy, mm-hmm. so I have to make a decision on whether or not I want to get into that. You just but... watched what seven eight seasons of uh, incest. I know uh, war. <laughs> Uh, just I know. bloody, bloody, horrible stuff. Rape. Yeah. And you think Euphoria is heavy? It, I mean, it is heavy, and I think it's because it's it's. I don't know. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna keep watching it, but I'm just gonna just keep it at arm's length for now. I feel like there's a payoff in it. I feel like there's it for a pilot. It was so strong. It was really, really mm-hmm. strong. And I was like, I know what this. I think I know what this is. I think there's going to be surprises surprises built in. I can't ever take my eyes off Zendaya. I think she's just this comet that came out of Oakland. I fucking love everything that she does. So I loved seeing her shine in this. I don't know. I liked I liked all of the characters. I liked the darkness of it, you know. Sandra mm-hmm. was saying he thought it was it was really heavy and I was like you just watched eight, you know, episodes. <laughs> Ian went to tend to the dog. That's why I'm like he wasn't here to hear what we were just saying. Um, and I was like, you know, but I mean, I know, I think I know what you're saying, but it's like when people say that to me, like, these are the same people who are watching Handmaid's Tale and they're watching Game of Thrones and then, and they're watching Breaking Bad. They're like, I don't know, man, that seems dark. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, it's, it's also kind of because like, I've known people like that. So in some ways it's close too. to home. Yeah. And then in another way, it's like, it's really weird because I never know if like, when I was in high school, if that stuff was actually going on and I was just oblivious to it, or I would, I just like, or, or none of that was going on. Cause I knew there were always parties. There was always people drinking alcohol and smoking weed. Don't, I don't really think <laughs> there were like hard drugs like that involved, or I could just have been completely oblivious to it. I don't know. But what about your high school? I think, I mean, now that I look back on it, I mean, that shit was just all over the place. It was everywhere, right? Yeah. I mean, 
I think part of it is like we're oblivious to it. We don't know how to understand the what, what's going on. We that's I, part I of the wanna, ignorance of it is part of the making you um, oblivious to it. But I went to Haywood High School, you know, Haybell High School, and bumfuck, you know, nowhere, and we had coke. Yeah, I mean, we had. I mean, we had rape. They had like, you know, this is you know the West Side. They had you know, and kids you from know Malibu. They had some designer shit they up in there. Like, it was like snowfall up in your high school, yeah. right? Yeah, because you were going to high school. Or at least junior high when, like, crack was on the rise in L.A. Yeah, but, I mean, again, on the west side, you're... It's the bougie drugs. Yeah. A lot of cocaine. I mean, like, I remember, you know, this dude was from... Uh, we were just, like, at volleyball practice. And he was, like, telling us, like, hey, you want to come over and we can do some heroin. Yeah. And I'm like, are you, are you for real? I don't think we would have had heroin or access to it. Where we were, but like when that was exotic to us when you'd hear like your friends from New York or your cousin would be in New York and like I did heroin, like, oh, that sounds cool. You well, know? I mean, the thing is, is like they got the rich parents who are, are doing, you know, entertainment people who yeah. are probably doing it. So they could just snag a little piece off of whatever. Yeah, you were just right next yeah. to it. We would have thought that was cool. The access, the access was there. Well, then later on when I had friends who were actually on heroin and saw them just struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle wow, heroin just stopped being cool at all. And then, you know, lost two friends. I mean, if I, if I, would, if I could go back and do high school over again, yeah. I would definitely, like, kick the Jesus do shit heroin. a lot quicker. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then I'd, I'd fucking smoke pot. Would and you? cigarettes, yeah. I would have done that stuff at, at that younger age. Then I definitely be, would have. You have lung cancer right now. Well, about. I mean. <laughs> I come around about this time and quit. <laughs> I wasn't trying to shame you, Andre, about it being too dark, though. I'm just saying, like, I find it interesting how we do see a lot of the content that's out there. That's just an observation, not a judgment. It's just like, I guess to me, it all it doesn't feel the same. But I feel like I'm watching all these other stories. Like when they see us is really heavy for me. But I'm white. I can only imagine watching this being, you know black and from new york or it being one of the people who is involved in it like i think for me those things i can't i like i feel like such a you know an idiot when i say that because i'm like i can't watch that and they're like bitch we're going through it so but that's the kind of heaviness for me when i know it's out there out there this had a filter on it that i guess is accessible as art to me without gawking at it as art i think Mm -hmm. i'm talking in circles right now no i get i get i get i get what you mean there there is a there was a there was a look about it, and that's what probably turned me off at the, at the beginning. It looked slick for you. It looked slick. It looked well. It the colors were too saturated. It looked you know just like again like I was. They're saying, spraying off the parking lot in the motel. Yeah, it to give that asphalt that that gaffer. You know, I was laugh. That gaffer's over there going, yeah, yeah. We got an impression. Watch the the. It's like the parking lot. It's like a step. Bouncing. It's like a step down from maybe Veronica Mars lighting. You know what I mean? What? Not not. Are in, you blind? Not in quality. No, not quality. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, the same candy colors. Yeah, those rich colors. Yeah, to me. Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah. Magnolia. That's what I'm talking about. That it, kind of like crash it, yeah. kind of veneer. It had that like okay, I'm gonna, it, I'm just gonna be like, oh, they're gonna put it on. Yeah, because you never thick. know with HBO. It's like a fifty fifty yeah. slot. There's a bunch of everybody forgets. There's a lot of stuff that's not Game of Thrones on HBO. If you like stay up real late and you have insomnia, as I often do, and you kind of try to crawl through some, even shows that are like seven years older, you're like, oh, oh, ouch. <laughs> that did not yeah. ouch well. So there's a lot of that. And, and who's worse than that is probably, well, I guess who's in com- competition with Cinemax, but Showtime has like maybe four shows and the rest of it is like 
what am I watching? And then there's just stars with just two shows. <laughs> with their show. <laughs> with their show. Sing me But yeah, song. that's that's what I was, you know, my initial thought of that show was going to be. And I knew you were going to avoid it. And when after seeing it, I was just like, okay, they took that element. Yeah. And they took this other element that I really like, this realness to it, and they put them together. It's like what Barry does. Yes. So Euphoria, a lot of people are condemning it. A lot of um, Christians and parents are all like they've got their pants pulled up under their nipples. Like, oh, my God, the kids are doing their sex on the TV show. Yeah. They it's, the same, yeah, they it's the same people that think Netflix is showing good omens. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. You know what, say, though? Of I have hats off to those Christians who, who sought to get good omens off of Netflix. They're not doing it anymore, guys. We're just not going to tell them, are we? We're just not going to tell you guys. Um. Yeah, I mean, I can see somebody like being something that's very close to hand. I guess it depends on who you are as a person. Like watching the AIDS pandemic on Pose, like it gets me very, very emotional, and I go right back in time to the that time when it's personal to me. But I still, you know, still like okay, cool. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a weirdo. Dude's just weird. Uh, but Euphoria, all the people who are coming down on it and just saying, "Oh my God! Oh my God!" The kids, they have the sex. These are your children. And if you're not in touch with like what your kids are doing, I don't know, man. That something's wrong with you. Your they, kids are doing yeah. stuff. You're, they may look angelic. In fact, if they're looking super angelic, you need to go check you need to go <laughs> toss that kid's room when he's at school. Because yeah. that dude's probably got him he's got a bazooka under his bed. You're probably doing too much religion or too much alcohol. It's yeah. one of those two. There you go. Or heroin. We've solved it. <laughs> Fixed it. Okay. Um, Los Espookies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I enjoy this show. What What is it? Los Espookies. Los Espookies. Also on HBO. <laughs> this, I want to get this right. Did we look up Los Espookies? I'm going to look it up. Tell, tell Andre what Los Espookies is. So it's, um, it's, all, it's, it's, who is it? It's Fred Arm. That's what I'm looking up. Okay. No, just stop talking. Oh. Keeping it rolling while I look up the. <laughs> it's uh well, it's created by him. You're looking it up, and it's these it's cast of characters who do um like, like haunted house, uh, spooky uh events, um, and they're uh-huh. high school they're high schoolers, and their okay. their whole thing is like they are they're they're trying to break into this this business of doing like you know murder houses and you know uh, Halloween gag effects. And it's all in Spanish, and it's. I think it takes. I think it, it doesn't take place in, in Los Angeles. I don't think. I want to say it does. Does it? Yeah. So it's like taking place. It's like East LA, and um, they all speak in Spanish, and then every once in a while you have someone speaking English. Yeah. And then they'll have like Spanish subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. really funny. It's, it's created by it's Fred Armisen. It's um I want to say Julio Torres maybe. And then Anna uh, Anna Fabrega, the these the guy with the the purple hair, the queer character, he's one of the creators okay. along with Fred. And what I love about it is there, it's a very mainstream feeling gag like with he, very he, Latinx characters. Yeah. I mean, like the people; these are like your Chads and Bobs and Michaels, or not. Well, I wouldn't call any of these guys Chads, but in their culture, they're the they're, they're the goth like, kids. Yeah, like normal kids. Right. They're just they're speaking Spanish. Yeah. If there, there's nothing stereotypical about it or what you would, you know, uh, you would think, oh, we got to have this, you know, uh, 
Latin family, so it's going to look like this. The, the difference is everyone is 5'1 and owning it. <laughs> so like about it. They're just like, we are very short people. I adore it. I adore it. I adore, I, you know, my main, the, the main guy with the long hair, the, um, God, I don't know which one he is. Maybe Bernardo Valesco. He's the one, he's got the big wide teeth and he's got the long hair. I fucking love him. And he's like my new thing. Like, I just love how awesome he is in this. You don't see this kind of face yeah. in something like this. All of these characters are kooky. So, Los Espookies. It's, it's, it's fucking great. There's two episodes out right now that you can see. I think there's one dropping tonight. But I am, like, here for Los Espookies. <laughs> Like oh, when you, when it just popped up, just just the title. I we were was like, just "What rolling. the?" Yeah, we were like, we also might have been high. Um, no, we were high. You just finished Barry. Barry just, fin- just recently finished. Yeah. I binged it last night, and I thought it was amazing. Probably my favorite season. Yeah, I've never seen a show like third season still killing it. So those first, the first two seasons were like insane, and then this last season. Was just they wrapped up some things. They created every every season creates bigger cliffhangers for them to answer. And I love that haters directed. I think almost every episode this last season. It's just it's just genius how they can juxtapose the absurd and just this far out you know these far out characters like Hodnoho Hank and and Fuchs. Yeah, and have this just craziness about even Cristobal and Esther this season were yeah, and then and then also just you have that. And then right next to it, you have these real like human moments yeah. of like pain, and not nothing over the top. And then it's just like, and then you have fright, like like bone chilling, yeah, cr- creepy characters. There, you know, there's something to this last season that um, I like. Hater is drawing his inner Cohen brothers. The I'm not gonna give anything away. I'm not gonna spoil the show, but there's an episode toward the end featuring they're not series regulars they're featured um actors on these shows i don't think they either one of them says hardly anything um and it's a raising arizona homage if i've ever seen one uh the coen brothers in their early days did raising arizona they also blood simple was their first film and had those elements of it using the the harsh light of the grocery store and things like that like the unstoppable bad man trope was used twice um, and then the flip is who is the unstoppable bad man? You know, there's all of this kind of crazy shit that's going on this season stylistically. And then just the writing. Him and Alec yeah. Berg are beautiful companions in the writer's room. Hater writes on a lot of other shows. I mean, he's a regular stand-in writer over at um, um, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, South oh, Park. South Park. You know, Bill is he jumps in a lot of writer's rooms to... Him and Melania are like that. They have their own careers, but they... So to see him like put his effort into this character and, and have it be so you don't know where it's going to go. And, and all the stuff between him and, and Cousineau are just is amazing. And then the two the dual fathers kind of duking it out. Yeah. So I, good. I, I don't think it's going to end well for Barry. I don't think so either. Barry wastes people all the time. Yeah. Just when you think he's got it under control, he's like he goes on a spree. <laughs> yeah. He's got rage issues, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's a murderer. Like this is like if gross point blank just never stopped going. <laughs> and then uh you watch Gentleman Jack, you are in love with Ann Lister. Yeah. I, I finally I mentioned it before, but you finally watched it. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. One night it's one of those things that you, you can, can do, do in one, it's yeah. like six, eight episodes. Yeah. Gotta watch it. 
Gotta watch it. Um, we were just watching Pin 15 before we came in here to do the podcast. And I have to say, if you haven't seen Pin 15, I don't know what network it's on. I, I want to say Comedy Central. I don't know. That's hilarious. Two 32-year-old women who I think knew each other when they were younger or they met each other at UCB. I didn't look up their stories, but they play these two girls who are in middle school and all of the actors on that play the kids on the show are those ages. They're like 12 and 13, but they're 32. So they play two middle schoolers and kind of recreate their uh, life in 2000 when they were both in the seventh grade. And um, I just, I love it. it. It's kind of like, dare I say, in the, the way it makes you feel and the innocence and the goodness in it is in the realm of Schitt's Creek. People love it. Yeah. It's one of those that has a huge following now going into what it's third season i think and these characters are so endearing because the seventh grade and the eighth grade is such a brutal time but they have made it just something it just makes you feel good i love this series so check that one out pin 15 if you already knew i'm late to the party now i know what you got andre uh so the trailer for stranger things season three dropped the other day and girl, I was watching in my bed and I was like, we got budget now. Yes. We got budget. Mm-hmm. We got we got everything. Yep. I was watching it. I was like, this looks like a goddamn movie. It does. And I cannot wait. When is that I premiere? I cannot wait. Uh, July 4th. July 4th. So in about two weeks. Uh, yep. Okay. I'm there for it. Totally there for it. Yeah, it's probably going to be a single day thing for me. I'm just going to binge all of it because that's what I've done with the other two seasons. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. And um, <laughs> we're going to close out with this. I feel like we need a soundboard so every time I talk about something Marvel related, we can play the Avengers queue. Well, don't you uh, have a, a soundboard there uh, at your own disposal? Um, I mean, not one I can play now. <laughs> You got to be ready for these things. I love how the guy with the instrument, with the skills, is telling us that we need a music <laughs> singer with a piano sitting right under his fingertips. I'm not saying you should do it. Uh, I can't do it. I'm telling you that it's right there at your disposal. <laughs> what did you bring it up if you're not prepared to do it? Anyway, Andre's fired. I will. Uh, Andre's now fired from the podcast. <laughs> tender my resignation. No, in the no, you can't quit. You've been fired. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. We got to remember this moment where he asked for a musical zinger. I didn't ask for one. <laughs> Ian, you rewind the tape. Uh, <laughs> Why would you Can we get playback of that moment? Uh, uh-huh. All right. Yeah, we would have that if you would. Never mind. Okay. Anyway. So a couple of days ago, uh, there was an announcement that Avengers Endgame is going to get a re-release in the theaters. Uh, so this is pretty exciting. Uh, I'm going to read the quote from Kevin Feige about this. So there's no, there's no confusion about it. Okay. Uh, but he says it's not an extended cut, but there will be a version going into theaters with a, with a bit of a marketing push with a few, few new things at the end of the movie. If you stay and watch the movie after the credits, there will be a deleted scene, a little tribute and a few surprises. And so that'll start, uh, the weekend of June 28th. Okay. Um, so in terms of what these surprises and uh, deleted scenes are 
you know, tributes are. I mean, obviously, we probably know what the tribute is for. Uh, could be it's spoiler free. But I'm thinking maybe we can get something for Spider-Man Far From Home because that's coming out like two weeks after this. Um, some people have theorized that they're going to soft tease like an official introduction uh, for Deadpool to enter the MCU, for the X-Men to enter the MCU. So that could be interesting now that the Fox deal has been like finalized and everything. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I, I'll definitely see it and report back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so hopefully this, I mean, this is a pretty transparent attempt to <laughs> to like push them past avatar at this point right uh they've got they've got about 43 million to go um and i think they can do it they can Uh, make that probably the first weekend yeah avatar did the same thing back in its day although it did it it had its re-release like eight months after the the movie was in theaters okay um and that for them that garnered about 33.2 million uh not adjusted for inflation um, but also the theater, the movie at that point was again in the theaters for eight months at that point. So, oh. um, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. Yeah, I want to. I want to see what happens with that. I'm also any for anything for knocking the the blue people into a <laughs> forever. Oh, yeah. little quirky thing again. I know it's it's sort of like current past. I don't know what's coming out when it's coming out next. I don't think they're making any more of them. I have a feeling. But there's a show called uh, Miranda, and I was watching it on Prime when I was playing. Um, I was, and all this time having to stay still, I've gotten um, to level 95 in Fallout because I literally, besides doing my writing work, I'm playing Fallout a lot. So I'm having to, like, I was doing this crazy quest so I could get this backpack so I can increase my carry limit because the game is so limited and so... It's such an exercise in ridiculousness. <laughs> but I just need to have extra carry weight so you don't get murderized. So you can carry around a lot of weapons and things to stay alive in the game. It's a very harsh game. And I'm wondering, are, aren't, aren't video games supposed to be fun? Anyway, so while I'm sitting there <laughs> trying to grind out for this, this badge, you have to be a possum level. There's a tadpole and then you're a possum. And then to do all these ridiculous quests that are just... Got it insane and tedious and stupid and the game was giving you the finger so i needed something to calm me down when i was trying to get the stupid carry limit badge and i started watching miranda and i've seen the actress before the comedian and now i can't find it oh yeah here it is it's on amazon prime oh yeah it's probably long gone it was 2009 right they did four seasons of it until 2015 and Miranda Hart is the Miranda who created it. And it's sitting there sort of at the top of your Amazon queue right now is how I snagged it because I was like British. I'm down for any kind of British comedy. I don't have to pay mm-hmm. uh, too much attention to them. Comedies in general, like, you know, uh, th- three camera comedies. So I watched this and I ended up just in falling in love with it. And who should pop up in this in the pilot is Tom Ellis, Lucifer himself. Plays her her boo in this her you know her love that's sort of a unrequited love situation in the beginning and it's just so delightful. So if you're wanting to look for something just to plug in while you're doing something else and be utterly charmed to death, uh, watch Miranda Hart's Miranda. It's on, right now, if you have an Amazon Prime uh, thing, it's right there in that top queue. Easy to find. 
Now we found out. 2009 to 2015. No, it's not current. I'm trying to stay on the current stuff. But if you are trying to get your possum badge and look for a picture of a coal, uh, a coal deposit in a game that has two of them for whatever stupid reason, <laughs> then uh, maybe you want to put that show on to calm you down. So. You know what my favorite thing about this podcast is? What? Is that we're so relatable. <laughs> <laughs> is that sarcasm? I had that exact same problem last week and I had no idea what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to get the possum badge. There's a bunch of fallout people out there who will who will relate to me. Take yeah. your ridicule laying down. Um so yeah. I'm just trying to think of like things that because the news is very stressful. We're going into the 2020 election cycle. And I feel like when you step outside your house, there's like dragons and, and monsters and screeching people on the street. And I'd rather just stay, you know, inside and watch a funny TV show and, and battle imaginary dragons and scorch beasts. We, we, uh, we saw that show that Andre um, plugged Songland. Yesterday. Yeah. Right after you recommended it in the we last podcast, we watched every one of them that was available at the time. Yeah. That was really good. And he would write on, he nailed it too, because Andre was saying, like, it's just fascinating to see a song come together. You have all of, you have the best of the best sitting on the stage. You know, songwriters run the music industry and they're sitting there. And then, then there's the ones who, you know, singer songwriter who perform, you know, to have them sit there and take these tunes and put them together. But here, and I don't know anything about the show. I'm getting the impression you have to be really fucking good at what you do to even get on this show. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Probably. Mm -hmm. Because what I would not want to see is some rando coming in and go, I wrote this song. Yeah. Oh, God. I wouldn't be able yeah. to do it. It's no, like, yeah, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see the nailed yeah, it. That American Idol type yes. of yeah. Well, they used to like yeah, set up yeah. the people. First, first five rounds of, of Idol type of thing. Yeah, I don't want to see ridicule as, yeah. you know, as entertainment. entertainment in this particular yeah. stance. That's the first thing that caught my attention is that everyone was super good. And I'm sure the screening process for this was absolutely insane. And they don't like try to play anything for laughs like that. Yeah. Well, Ian said something interesting. You said it feels like the, the Great British Baking Show. Yeah, with that sort of feeling like we're all striving to, to get to a point that betters all of oh, us. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is about to play. Uh, I have pulled up my Netflix to watch something, and it's playing the audio. Uh, sorry. <laughs> There's your music cue. It's my music cue. There you go. There's your music cue. I'll just I'll just pull up Netflix, and all those autoplays will just be the soundtrack <laughs> of uh, what we're watching. Anyway. What were we just talking about? It's the uh, Songland. Songland. <laughs> oh, my God. I am easily distracted right now. So Songland, yeah. I loved it. That was a good recommendation. I'd like, I don't, I feel like we're recommending solid things on this show. I think so. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I'm, there's so much TV out there. And again, I'm not here to say, this one sucks. I just think I'll start watching something and I'll go, this is not for me. So I don't talk about that. But with the things that do stand out for me, and if we, I've got a pretty solid track record with my friends for recommending things that didn't suck, you know, because we don't have a lot of time in this world, so I'm trying to save people some time, and you really want a good recommendation, but you, maybe your personal tastes are like me, are not like mine, and you want something that's a little bit more over here than I'm getting. 
I want to believe that I have a pretty wide range of stuff, though, that I watch. I, I mean, I think so. I mean, a lot of the stuff. I mean, it's it goes from like things from like Claws. I mean, we enjoy watching. Claws yeah, we got to catch up with this latest season. To you know something that's even more of you know a heavier matter or something. It's like, like Snowfall. Like Snowfall. Yeah, we I mean, you've managed season. to like recommend like nine different things of like varying subjects and i managed to like all of them that's so. good i mean I, yeah there are like again i'm still trying to get through the second season of american gods and I, we just we keep stalling out there is an episode coming about uh, coming up that you should watch though i was like oh shit did they just do what i think they just did oh fuck i'm not gonna watch the show anymore it's just like mm, that's the only one that i wouldn't go oh my god american god season two go see it i i can't but I have to finish it first. Yeah. It may turn out to be amazing, and then like, I'll feel bad because I neglected talking about it. Yeah. I think I, I think, think this, I think I'm gonna queue up Good Omens next for me. Oh my god! Yeah. I, I I just keep seeing so many good things about it that I have to. I mean, apart from people wanting to cancel it on Netflix. Yeah. Oh god! I'm that surprised never you haven't seen that one so far. It's, What's it's a, really what, good. It's not that many episodes. Was it eight? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think we watched it in a night, didn't we? Or, yeah, it was or eight, two eight or nine. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, I've been putting it off. Just Michael yeah. Sheen and uh, and and David Tennant together. Just the two of those together. I don't think they've ever been in anything together. And it's like, why haven't you been making everything together? <laughs> You're amazing. Yeah. Uh, then they like to talk about the the those those they make Satan and and uh, the angel look like they're friends. And somebody had like corrected it <laughs> and sent it to Neil Gaiman and said they are in love with each other. And Neil was <laughs> laughing his ass off, going, "They don't get it, do they?" Um, what was the other thing we were watching the other day? Oh, you know what I want to see? And I'm going to report back to you guys when I see it. I don't know. Again, it's one of those like Miranda's. It popped up on one of my recommendation lists from uh, my girl over at the New York Times, uh, Margaret Lyons. And she's uh, saying, go see Rosehaven. You know, it's already on Sundance. It's been around a, a couple of seasons. So I've been hearing things about Rosehaven for a while. So I'm going to go check out Rosehaven. It's British. I'm there. So I'm going to watch that. I don't know why I'm whispering. <sighs> Anything else from you guys? Uh, I have a, uh, a small plug that actually just came to mind. Um, so I've been watching these these guys for about a couple of weeks now, and it's a really cool uh, video concept. Um, so their channel name, it's on YouTube. The channel name is called Corridor Crew. And basically it's um, these three guys that work at a visual effects house and they basically sit down and react to uh, all kinds of CGI over the years. Some of it's current, some of it from a couple years ago. And they break down essentially in like as, as like simply as they can without getting too technical. Mm -hmm. They still get technical and they show you how things are done, but they just kind of explain why something could have looked better. Like they don't shit on anything. They're like, this looks really good, like for the time, or like if they just did this, and I'm sure they ran out of money, ran out of time, all that kind of stuff. And it's really interesting to watch. There's, there's about like five or six videos of them reacting to stuff, and it, they they come out with a new one every week. Corridor um, crew, can you, is it C O R R I D O R crew? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. And you know they're really funny and they're really sweet guys. So yeah. Cool. You want to check that out? That'd be right great. on. If you like, if you like watching videos of 
you know, people talking about their areas of expertise, then they're I mean, definitely people for you. already watch YouTube to watch people talk about their areas. So, you know, there's there's also a always a YouTube <laughs> channel for everything. True. All right, we're gonna go back and uh, we're gonna. Oh, what oh. um, oh. what we do in the shadows? Oh, oh, yeah. yes. That that wraps up. Gonna, I'm not gonna um, ruin it for anyone. You gotta watch how it wraps up. Love that surprise twist at the end. Hilarious. Um, I can't wait for it to come back. It was. It's been such a delight. I think. I think. Is it Natalia or Natasha? I think Natasha. The female vampire. Anything this comedian does, anything she wants to do, I'm here for it. Absolutely. All right. So, um, yeah, that's going to be it. We're going we're gonna to cut it off. We're going to crimp it off here. We're going to go continue to watch P- uh, Pen15 and then Rosehaven if we run out of things to do this weekend. I mean, I do have to work. But, uh, yeah, and Corridor Crew from Andre, you guys let us know how that uh, – he's going to let us know how the Avengers endgame happens back in the theater. What's that like? Is there more gnashing of teeth? Is there nudity? Is there more Captain America lookalikes? Are there fat Thors walking around being proud? I don't know. Um, I can't wait for the re-premiere and the taking down of the blue idiots. Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, you guys have a good night, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.